Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fan. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I believe this is part four. Again, I'm not necessarily labeling these part one, part two, part three, part four, but this is the fourth time that Apostle Rian is sitting down with me across the table for an episode. So I guess in that sense, it's part four. So how are you doing, uh, Apostle Rian? Greet the people and let them know how you're doing, how you're feeling. Hey guys, yeah, it's great to be back with everybody of you, every one of you. It's great to be with you, Apostle Rob, and I must say, I find it a privilege to be in your new building and being in this corner studio that that we've rigged up here. It's Uh working well. And uh, can can I just ask, what is this address again here? Where, Where are we at at the moment? We are at 1754-1754 West Avenue L12 in Lancaster. And for those of you that may want the um, zip code, it's 93534. Fantastic. So for everybody that is looking for a church or want to come visit, I would highly recommend you guys come down. It's recently purchased, loads of space. And I think if you are looking for a healthy, uh, wealthy, well-rounded place where you can call home, I would recommend this is it. So. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And also, ladies and gentlemen, Apostle Rion will be speaking, preaching, ministering this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. And if you are a prayer warrior, as like one of my pastor friends used to say, a prayer dog, Mm -hmm. um, we have (laughs) prayer for an hour before service from 930 to 1030. Come and join us for prayer. But if you're not able to be here at 930, please come at 1030, 1754 West Avenue L. 12 in Lancaster. It's easy to find, and we look forward to having you. Awesome, 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 yeah. So I guess we're going to continue on our previous theme of uh, eschatology, reading the Bible, finding out what does it actually say, and just not keep on swallowing whatever you've been told to swallow, I guess. Right. One of the things that has... um, and I made mention of this uh, not in the previous broadcast, but I believe it was the time, the one just for that, where I did something extremely dangerous. I started reading the Bible for myself. Mm-hmm. I know, ladies and gentlemen, that's extremely dangerous. You know, kids, don't try this at home. Actually, I'm just kidding. <laughs> try this at home. Do this every day. But uh, I started finding out that not everything, of course, because I had some great teachers around sure. me in my life. Great sure. teaching, great teachers, great college professors and such uh but i started seeing some things that okay put it this way being taught one thing reading about it in the scriptures and getting a whole different vantage point because of what i was seeing in the bible itself exactly and and i want to just add there with with that that the scripture never changes i mean it's the same same word Mm -hmm. it is just our like you just said vantage point the way we look at things kind of like matures and grows and we we right. start seeing it more clearer. Yeah. And there's so many different things that we could go over and we could actually probably make the next 
oh, I don't know, four, five, six episodes just dealing with things that we know we've ta- been taught on one hand, mm-hmm. but what does the Bible actually say? Exactly. And they don't always line up. Exactly. You know, um, uh, I don't know if I even should say this because this is going to open a can of worms in a lot of people's minds, and it may make a lot of people upset. But I'm going to open it up anyways because, well, that's what I <laughs> it do. Is, it is called table flippers. So table flippers. Let's, let's flip some tables. Uh, many in the body of Christ have this wrong idea of God's, how shall you say, economy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We talked a little bit about it previously with the, the covenant out of Deuteronomy. Sure. He gives us the power to get wealth so that he can establish in a covenant or that's part of the establishing of the covenant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on, say, one side of the spectrum run with that in an unhealthy way. Sure. And a, a, another group of people on the other end of the spectrum reject it. Yeah. They won't actually come right out and reject the word of God, but they reject what it actually says. Mm-hmm. Because they have a difficult, because they, you know, they may be approaching it through the lens of poverty. I get you. You know. So they have a hard time with it, where the other group has a hard time with actually what it says because they're going to run with it in an unhealthy manner, and then the group kind of rejects it in an unhealthy manner. I get you. So those types of things. Um, but So that's like one area. But one of the areas that I had found, and I, I was just casually reading the Bible, not looking at it from a financial point of view, Sure. but the, the, the story of the... It's in the story of the talents and the minus. Yeah. They're, they're like sister parables, if you will. Sure. <clears throat> and at the end of those, so, so in a, I don't want to read the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. You probably know it, but if you, if you don't know the story, just the parable of the talents, and it's spelled just like talent. It's not a natural talent like pay, playing the piano. Those were sums of money. Yes. And minus, M-I-N-A-S, again, that's a sum of money. And there's there's two different parables, but they're what I would consider like a sister parable because they basically tell the same story. Mm-hmm. And the story is that a wealthy uh, a nobleman is about to leave on a journey, and he calls his servants to him, those who are in his house, mm-hmm. basically doing whatever his, his um, um, employees. Sure. Okay, using a modern term. And um, in the in the story of the talent, he gives. He calls three of his servants, and he gives them uh, all a sum of money. And it says, according to their ability. So sure. each and every one of them had the ability to work with that mon- sum of money and multiply it sure. to some degree. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, the, the minas. Mm-hmm. Um, he called them, gave them some money, and said, go out and do business until I come back. Upon his return, I'll, I'll reference more the story of the talent, but on his return, the first servant i believe he was given five talents yeah yeah five talents and he presents back to his boss sure the nobleman ten talents he yeah. doubled it yeah then the next one received what was it two talents two or three yeah three talents mm-hmm. two talents anyways he doubled his as well sure. and was able to present double mm-hmm. and to those the the nobleman he was extremely wealthy nobleman and it actually says that he went to receive a kingdom for himself. Yeah. So when he came back and he sees that his first servant doubled what he gave him to work mm-hmm. with, he says, wow, that's profound. I'm going to make you the, uh, you know, the, in a modern context, the mayor over 10 cities. Exactly. 
The second one, oh, I'm going to make you mayor over, was it five cities, whatever yeah, it was. Three cities, five yeah. cities, six cities, whatever. And then the last servant comes to him, and he was given the one talent. Yeah. Okay, and again, this was according to their ability. So even though it was a smaller sum of money, mm-hmm. he still had the ability mm-hmm. to multiply it, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He says, I knew you were a shrewd and austere man, uh, and you... you reap where you do not sow he said all this i i know this about you i was scared so i just kind of buried that one talent in the ground Mm -hmm. and did nothing with it you gave me one talent i'm giving you back one talent and um so most all christians know this story sure you know they know the story and they can read it talk about it whatever but what they forget to understand is the nobleman represents jesus sure it does and we know that. Oh, yeah, of course, we know that. Mm. He went off to get the kingdom, just like Jesus is the king, king of the king. But now they forget this aspect of it. So what he says to that one last servant, mm-hmm. you knew I was like this. Yeah. You knew I, I would reap where I didn't even sow anything. I still reap. Yep. You should have, at minimum, put that money in the bank so that when I returned, I get my one back with a little bit of interest. And he called him wicked and lazy. Yeah. And then, and we stop right there sometimes to say, see ladies, the preacher would say, see ladies and gentlemen, that's why you need to work with the, the gifting and the anointing that you have. Don't just sit on it. You know, go out and use it. Mm-hmm. And there's truth to that. Yeah, there's truth to it. But that, remember, that was a sum of money. And he says, now, bring that wicked servant, bind him, cast him out, mm-hmm. take what he has, yeah. and give it to the one who now has 10. Exactly. So now he has 11. You see, and we think in the body of Christ, because we've been taught this, and it's actually bad doctrine, Mm. that we, you know, we're also supposed to give to the poor. We're supposed to help people in need and everything, but we we mess that up. The poor and the needy at the time of the Bible were those who could not work. It was the blind who was set by the road because they, they, you know, in that era... Mm -hmm. You couldn't see, not that you were worth less, you just mm-hmm. couldn't do much. Exactly. It was the paraplegic, the person that was on a, that couldn't move, that was paralyzed, that mm-hmm. couldn't work. Those are the people we're supposed to help. Mm. But those who have the ability to work, sure, and even maybe have some resources to work, but don't, mm. Jesus himself says, take even what they do have and give it to somebody who knows what to do with it. Yeah, that's that sounds like capitalism thank you and what are what is even much of the western church buying into right now Mm. socialism when jesus speaks directly against that mentality exactly and many in the church i I i've had christians say well jesus was a socialist because he tells us to share with the poor and the needy and i'm like wait a minute he does but how exactly not because the government demands we give our money to the government and the government redistributes it. Yeah. That's wicked. But because we by ourselves and our own observation Can't realize see. this guy's blind, he can't work. I need to help him. Yeah. This guy's paralyzed, he can't work. I need to help him. Mm-hmm. This person was doing okay. They're a hard worker. They're mm-hmm. just going through a hard time. I will help them. Mm-hmm. But this guy over here, mm. That all he does is sit around and does nothing and complain and make excuses. He has the ability, he has the health, he has the strength. No. Take what he has from him 
yeah. and give it to somebody who knows what to do with it. Mm. And that, you know, now a lot of you Christians just heard that. Mm. And it's not sitting well with you. No, it's not. It's actually very offensive because yeah. it, it, it makes me sound like if I'm not multiplying, I'm lazy. Thank you. <laughs> and if you're lazy, Jesus has a problem with lazy people. He does have a problem with it. And he'll, even to the point, I'm not saying immediately, like mm -hmm. you take a day off and suddenly sure. you're losing everything. But this was a lifestyle with this guy. Sure. You know, at least when the master was away. Exactly. And I mean, there's an a, a add-on parable to that that's exactly the same way woven together. And it speaks about in the same measure that you listen, mm -hmm. in that measure you will receive. And even the one that does not have, even that which he doesn't have, that will be taken away from right. me. And given to the one right. that is multiplying. Yeah. So coming back to, let's talk, I mean, we started out with Bible study. Coming right. back to the <laughs> idea of, of Bible study, that same principle apply. Even if you are, doesn't matter how talented you are in the Word, if you do not work it and multiply it, something's going to happen and it's going to become less. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I honestly can say, even in my own life, because there are certain things that, or certain time periods that I would go through for whatever reason, mm -hmm. usually dumb on my part, sure. that I just wasn't as active or productive as, as I know I should have been. Sure. I, and, and again, everybody goes it. I mean, everybody's yeah. got a, a busy phase that you go through. Yeah. But the moment it becomes a habit, then we need yes. to acknowledge and realize, listen, there is some other force at play here, and we're going to have to rise above it and purposefully applied. I, I like how that uh, the story of the talent comes out and he says when the, the master distributed the gifts or the goods or the talents or the bag of money, yeah. the one translation said, and they went out with great ambition. Right. So to have a, a godly ambition to learn more, be more, Better yourself, skill yourself yeah. in the word, and skill yourself in the workplace. It is a God-given gift. Right, exactly. Now, um, the reason why I started with this, ladies and gentlemen, and I hit something that could be, again, considered as a can of worms that I just opened up. And, um, and I'll be honest with you, some of you are struggling. Sure. with this that sense of like wow well, i've never heard that i don't even know if that's biblical is that right that's not god that's not right it's in the word of god yeah it's in the word of god it's right there and you mm -hmm. can read it exactly. and i open with that to make this point about why uh each and every one of us if, if we're considered or call ourselves christian we should not rely now again i'm gonna i'm gonna explain this in just a minute but we should not rely merely on our pastors or teachers sunday school teachers or whatever Mm -hmm. to teach us we should be in the word of god ourselves exactly we should be learning the word of god ourselves because mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not even saying your pastors your teachers are bad people or bad no, teachers or anything like that saying. but let's face it they have you sunday morning and their sermon even if they're long-winded like <clears throat> some people i know mm -hmm. okay okay i'll admit it's me <laughs> um <laughs> even if i go two hours yeah that's a long sermon sure but that's only two hours throughout the week. For out a week. And if I have those uh, same group of people, which usually our Bible study is a little bit smaller, even if I go another two hours, yeah. I only have their ear for four hours out of seven full days. Yeah. So 
even if I wanted to cover everything in the Bible, it would take me years to do that. However, if every Christian, every believer got on a Bible reading program, like read through the Bible in a year, there's several programs that you can, depending on how you want to do it, just read. You know, as a matter of fact, if you read four, just four chapters a day, Mm -hmm. if you average four chapters a day in the Bible, I I believe it'll only take you six months to get through. Yeah, you'll finish the Bible in a year, definitely. Easy. Yeah. I think I think they say if you read like 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 the way we speak speaking language if uh-huh. you read the bible consistently on and on you can finish it in like 72 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know of a teacher that that uh, he was I mean he, this guy is brilliant, super smart. You know, I don't want to call him a bookworm because that has a kind of a negative thing to it, but he's a bookworm, mm-hmm. loves to read. Yeah, he read the entire bible in he said it took him all day, but he did it in a single day. Wow. Now, of course, he's a fast reader. Sure. One of those power readers. But again, mm-hmm. three chap- or four chapters a day, and you can get through it in six months. Exactly. And most programs are a year. Yeah. So that's only averaging two chapters a day, mm. roughly. You know. Yeah. It, it brings me to another thought that, uh, and I shared it the other day in my local church, of the success theory that's out there. They say if you spend 18 minutes a day mm-hmm. on any given subject, whether, and now we're speaking about Bible study, yeah. but whether it be football or soccer or piano or whatever, if right. you spend 18 minutes a day right. for an entire year, you will be better than 93% of the planet wow. in that specific area. Wow. Just 18 minutes a day. Just 18 minutes a day. And the key comes down to consistency. Yeah. That if you consistently sit yourself in the Word. Now, I think if if you sit out there and you say, but but where do I start? Where do you start with the Bible? How do you read the Bible? Uh, For me, obviously, me personally, I would, I mean, you've got to start with the Gospels. Yeah. You've got to start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and that is the, the foundation where you need to, need to get in and, and familiar yourself with the words and the speakings of Jesus. Right. I mean, He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is, right. he is the Word of God. So what mm-hmm. He's speaking, it's God speaking to you. Right. And so that is always where I would say start out there. Yeah. Um, I remember, I'm, I'm trying to reflect a little bit back on my early days. So I would read maybe like the book of Matthew, and then I'll skip over the other Gospels, and then I will finish the entire New Testament, all the other epistles and all those things right. at a time and read that. Right. And, and that will take me one week. Right. Literally one week. If you, if you read an hour a night, that's done within a week. Yeah. Easily. And then I would take the next book, the book of Mark, and then I'll read through the entire epistles again. Right. And then, you know, go to Luke and then to John and read through it. And it will give you a, a very... It's like we said about getting to a new area. Mm-hmm. The first time you're in a different area, like if you drive around, you will not know exactly where you are. Right. right, right. But the more you do it, the more you will familiarize yourself with markings, right. uh, buildings, structures. Right. And it's the same with the word. The word is such a vast, complex uh, word, symbols, poetry. You know, there's yeah. so much in it. Yeah. That it is impossible to read it once and say, now I've got it. Right. Right. So you've got to do it over and over, over and, again, and over yeah. and over. 
And I mean, I've been reading the Bible for the last 27 odd years. Right. Uh, I don't know how many times I've read it from beginning to end. And actually, we've got a, a program in our own local church that we as a congregation read through it, through the Bible yeah, once a year. That's good. And that schedule is anything from five to 15 minutes a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And and it's really profound because I've over the years I've had you know people come to the church you know new believers uh, people will really want to get deeper. Where do I start? What do I do? I said well, number one read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, where do I start? I said well, the Word of God is the Word of God. You can start anywhere. Exactly. You know, uh, and uh, but I do. Um, I usually for the very first timers, you know, get into the gospel. Start yeah. there, uh, and then what? I said just start there. Exactly. Almost always, they'll come back like the following week. You know, I'm finding it difficult to read the Bible because I don't understand it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I understand it because, like you said, the Word of God, unlike most books, Mm -hmm. like any other book, you just read it, it doesn't have a meaning beyond the, the word on the page. Exactly. Could be a great story, a great book, but that's the story, that's the book, that's what it says. But the Bible is so different. It true when the Bible itself calls the word living. Yeah. It is living, it is yeah. breathing, it is thriving. Mm-hmm. And so you read it one day yes. and you get something. Absolutely. You read it the next day, same passage. Absolutely. And you can see something else, something different. Mm-hmm. You read a passage over here, don't understand a thing. You read a, a, another passage, say, uh, in another book. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it, it makes the first passage more sense. Makes it's like oh, and it starts connecting all these dots. Sure. So when I tell people, you know, like again, when they're new in, I, I want them to learn about Jesus. I want sure. them to hear His own words or Absolutely. read His own words. Start the Gospels, yes. But I've had people like, okay, you know, I've been saved for a while, you know, but I want to read the Bible more. Where do I start? Start at Genesis. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Fun. It means the book of the beginning, and yeah. just. Keep reading. Well, you know, that's Old Testament. I don't understand. I go, but you don't understand. You will understand it. Eventually. Right. It starts to make sense. It starts to connect itself. You mm. don't have to try to make the connections. God starts connecting it. Sure. And, um, and, and as a matter of fact, Genesis, the book of the beginnings. Exactly. It's a profound book because every major doctrine, if not every doctrine, but every major doctrine, even in the New Testament, can be is found you in can Genesis. Find, you can find it there. And I, and I appreciate that because if you start reading more and more, you will see that even in the New Testament, there is a Genesis book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we call it the book of John because it says, and in the beginning was the word. So yeah. there we have a re-Genesis in a sense. Yeah. And yeah. then John grabs that revelation of Genesis is important because when you go back to 1 John, he starts again about, you know, that which was in the beginning which we have behold. So so it kind of like repeats itself and Mm -hmm. that's when you start seeing kind of like these patterns. You start seeing, but these things are fitting together, they're joining together and then these things really start taking shape and and start making sense. What is it all about? Because again, it is a living thing. It right. is not just a, a doctrinal, theological thing that you can just put in your head. Right. It is living, active, and alive. Right. I've been reading the Bible for, like I said, 27 years, 27 odd years. And at times it feels like, wow, it's like I, I, 
it feels like I'm empty. I need to read it again. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you, because the Bible isn't just a normal book. It is a supernatural, spiritual right. connection with God. Right, yeah. I, one of the great, uh, if you will, paradoxes to me, um, if that's the right word, maybe I should look that word up, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it sounds good, is, you know, when Jesus says, you know, come, basically he's saying, come to me and drink of me and you'll never thirst again i i came to jesus and i got filled to overflowing yeah to the point that i was spilling sure but then i was thirsty again exactly and what i mean by that is not that i was wasn't satisfied sure i got in this sense i wanted more exactly i wanted deeper yeah and i wanted greater yeah. It wasn't like I was thirsty, like I was completely dry and lifeless. Sure. I wanted more of that life. And, and, and that is so important to, to, to speak about that because, I mean, I had that same experience. But I was like looking around left and right and kind of like waiting for an affirmation. Mm-hmm. Can I have some more? Until uh, a young youth leader guy came to me and said, well, if you read just Book of Acts, you will right. see there was an outpour of Holy Spirit in, in, in chapter right. 2. And then in chapter 4, there was another outpouring, yeah. a refilling. Yeah. And something snapped in me and like, oh, I right. can ask for more. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this one-time event. Right. And, I, and don't get me wrong now. I'm not saying you get baptized with Holy Spirit every Sunday. It's not right. what I'm saying. Right, right, right. I'm speaking about that, that refilling mm-hmm. of that life that you're speaking about to just, again, Lord. Again, Lord. Yeah. Again, Lord. Again and again and again. Yeah. And that brings up something even interesting in that. It's... It's 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 a, as if you know going back to baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I get this guess this could be the same with uh, uh, any truth, spiritual truth, salvation, sure. otherwise. That yes, there is on our part that initial filling, and you walk away full. Yeah. But the thing about God is He never stops pouring out. Yep. We, for different reasons, stop receiving. Exactly. That's why the Bible even teaches that you are saved when you come to Christ. You are saved. Yeah. It also teaches you are being Being saved. True. And it also teaches you will be saved. Exactly. So in other words, salvation is a constant. Yes. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a constant. Absolutely. So if we are in that place where we're filled, we're not thirsty, but then you come to that realization, wait, I want more. All you got to do is open up in in a similar manner to the first time. And I don't know if refilled is the right word, but a greater filling maybe i should say yeah same thing with salvation you don't get re-saved exactly it's like you can come to christ come to the cross come to him and and experience that salvation that's ongoing sure but you can experience sure i mean if we want to cut a little deeper about the whole salvation thing i mean the moment you get born again Mm -hmm. your spirit man becomes alive born again yes and that's that moment that you are saved right and and for me, I mean, I immediately stopped cussing. It it just left immediately. Mm-hmm. But then I had other issues in my soul dimension, right? That I had to work out daily. Yeah. My salvation, which is a soulish dimension, and and that thing is getting saved uh, in the sense of it's getting renewed. Right, right, right. And here is the other truth that is hard to swallow. But one day, this flesh body that we are in is going to pass away. Right. And there will come a resurrection, and then even that will be saved. Right. It will be made new right. and will be made eternal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's like, like 
if, if you start reading the Bible, you will see things like, oh, I'm saved, but now it says work out your salvation. Right. Does that mean I have to go back to the altar every Sunday and, and ask to be born again? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's not what it means. Right, right. Yeah. No, I agree with you because I've had, I've had that discussion because um, – uh, my wife and I were was part of a church, and we we eventually had to walk away because they, they were taking certain things. How shall I say? They were taking certain liberties that weren't afforded them in the mm. Word of God. For instance, that's part of it. They had such a anti-works mentality and doctrine mm. that it got to the point they started teaching that if you do do anything for the Lord, that's a work. And that's automatically of the flesh. Wow. Forgetting such passages like we were created for good works. Yeah. And work out your salvation. It's not you're, you're working for yourself. No. See, they made everything working for salvation. Sure. Instead of working because of salvation. Wow. Yeah. You can't work for salvation. We know that. It was all settled at the cross through yeah. Jesus. Sure. I guess the only work, if you can call it a work, is saying yes. Mm. But now that I am saved... You see, that's why we need the apostolic so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm, I mean, I was 18. I was a youth leader. And the Lord spoke to me about the doctrines of Christ. Yeah. And he revealed it to me in Hebrews chapter 6, ending 5, starting 6. And the first doctrine is repentance of dead works. Yeah. And that, if you understand that doctrine, which is a simple doctrine, but it's exactly what you said. Right. You are being saved not because of works. Right. But now that you are saved, because those 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 deeds or those things right. would lead you to death. It wouldn't lead you to life. Right, right, right. But now that you've repented of them, you've accepted Christ, now, because I am saved, now I'm doing the good things. Yeah. But it's things that will lead unto life. Right, exactly. You know, and <laughs> That's why we need to encourage people, read the Bible yourselves, get into that place. Get right. in, you know, coming back to the whole salvation thing, there's another scripture that Paul speaks to ladies, women, and say, you know, oh, you're going to get saved through childbearing. Right. I mean, that has <laughs> got nothing to do with eternal life. That's got nothing to do with your right. salvation of confession of faith of Jesus Christ. That has got to do with the fact that when ladies, women, go through the whole process of childbearing, Something changes within them. They come to full maturity and and it's like their being, the reason they have been made to be comes to the full right. And yeah. that's why Paul says they have been saved. Yeah. I'm trying to find a passage here. I'll find it, then I'll talk about it in a minute. But you're right, you're right. But again, the ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're talking about this is we're we're just touching, we're not even hammering these things just yet, at least. Touching upon these things because there's so many things that, and, and again, I'm doing my best not to sound like I'm blaming pastors or teachers or, 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 or church workers, rabbis in the church, um, because they only have a certain amount of time every week to be able to teach people. And it's very not impossible, but, it, well, I guess it is impossible to go over absolutely everything in the Word, even in a given year. Sure. You can skim over it, yeah. but you're not going to get very deep no. if you're just going through the whole thing in a year. One reason why, and, and I'm not against this, there's a lot of pra- churches and pastors that, you know, they'll start at Genesis 1-1, uh, January 1st or somewhere around there, and go through the whole Bible in a year, preach through it. I'm fine with that because you get a great overview of the Word yeah, of God. that's good. The, the only reason I don't is because... 
I catch on to certain things and then I'm on a bunny trail. Sure. Because I want to know the depth mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So I uh, do more of a kind of a systematic type of teaching. Sure. Uh, where maybe like closer to say a Bible college or uh, or something of that exactly. nature, because I can like say I want to talk about healing, I want to mm-hmm. preach on healing. I'll exhaust it exactly until everybody that's listened to me, if they've been paying attention, now they're an expert. Sure, at least academically. <laughs> and, and 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 that's such a good topic that you're speaking about because we have to differentiate between just reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Right. Uh, and up to now, we were just speaking about let's just read it. Let's just yeah. get into it. Let's just overview it. Let's just chew it once. But the moment you start studying, that then it becomes a whole different thing. It, right. I mean, you can take one verse and you can go over that verse day in, day out. You can even spend sometimes weeks on a specific chapter trying to dissect what does it mean, how does it... F- how does it fit into your your kind of like your theological viewpoint? And if you start going backwards and forwards with with um, with a concordance, and you start seeing how all these different scriptures come together, you you can get mindedly busy. Right. Therein is also then again why the Bible gave or why Jesus gave teachers because right. somebody needs to help you out sometimes. Yeah, uh, I mean. Again, like I said, I mean, God spoke to me. Nobody told me about it. God spoke to me about first principles. I did, in my opinion, a great job until I took it to my pastor. <laughs> and then he had to look at it and said, yeah, that's good. And then, then he made it a little bit better, you know. Uh, so we have to also not be, be too proudful to accept outside advice about what we see and how we see things. Yeah. But coming back to the root of it, um, just read. Just start to read. Let's start. Let's just get the basics going and read the Bible. I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I've, I've come across more and more and more in the body of Christ is this idea that we no longer need, well, the fivefold or any kind of church leadership, oh, yeah. including teachers. Oh, yeah. Because there are the passages that says, you know, the, the anointing, the Holy Spirit will teach you. You don't you don't need yeah. anybody to teach you, and there are passages that say that, but those need to be balanced. You need it as with a the whole. rest of the word. Read of God. it as a whole. What yeah. does it say? Don't just take the one verse. Right, and so, and and you hit something uh, that I think is very important. Mm. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you have the ability to not only read and learn through that avenue, mm-hmm. but now coupled with Holy Spirit, who is our great teacher, Absolutely. can bring revelation to you. Absolutely. However, we need others in the body of Christ, and in this sense, teachers, sure, because that is their full gifting. Exactly. That no matter what, it, you know, I'll use myself. Mm-hmm. There are, we were talking about Derek, uh, Derek Prince a little while ago. Yeah. If you guys don't know who Derek Prince is, uh, this is an older British gentleman. Sure. Um, I think he's 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 he's, he's with the Lord of the yeah. Moon, yeah. He, he, it was wait in the seventies, eighties yeah. maybe. I mean, he he became very popular in the late seventies, eighties, nineties. He was like all over the place. But I mean, he was yeah. old. Yeah, I'm just I'm um, just just trying to remember when he passed. Nonetheless, a couple of years ago, not not too long ago. Oh, okay. So uh, here's this. It was a phenomenal teacher. Sure. Phenomenal. I mean fantastic teacher and um, I like to consider myself a pretty smart guy sure. pretty sharp guy 
mm. even anointed, exactly. even to the point of receiving some revelation that others, not me, of course, because I don't want to be that prideful, wow. but others, of course, <laughs> would say is profound. Yeah. It's, you know, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say something. Anyway, so phenomenal revelation. I'm just trying to make a point. But then I would hear somebody like Derek Prince. Mm -hmm. And when he would teach on, a, say, a same subject or even out of the same passage, sure. some of the things that he was saying was confirmation, which would make me feel phen phenomenal, fantastic. Exactly. Because like someone like Derek Prince. We've, we've got that, that confirmation now. Like We're yeah, on the right track. I'm on the right track. Exactly. But... He would also answer questions I wasn't even asking. Exactly. Because of his gifting, his abilities, mm. his background, whatever. He's a brilliant man anyways, but he was also very, um, uh, how can I say this, deep in the spirit, but very spiritual, very spirit-led. Very much spirit-led. I mean, when you first hear him, uh, I hate to say it because I love the man anyways, mm -hmm. but he, he might come across dry. Yeah. That British dry... You know, uh, but I can't even, I'm going to start laughing if I try to imitate him. Yeah, but yeah. if you can just stop for just a minute and listen to his brilliance, yeah, he will teach you on levels that, and no matter how brilliant you are, this is not about him being smarter or more anointed than you or me or anybody. Sure. It's just, this is the way the body works. works. Yeah, And I was thinking about, you know, how a lot of people say, well, I don't need anybody because I have Holy Spirit. I have sure. Bible. Okay. You know, um, I, I had an accident one time and I split my leg open really, mm -hmm. you know, pretty, pretty good. It, it took about 25 stitches to stitch up mm -hmm. two layers. As a matter of fact, you could see the bone and everything like that. Okay. I have needle and thread. Oh, wow. I had some alcohol to kill the germs. Hmm. Okay. I had some ibuprofen to take wow. away the pain. You sound like why, Rambo. Why? Yeah. Why didn't I just sit at home and do it myself? Exactly. Because I'm not a doctor. There's somebody that has been taught and trained to do it. Yeah. It could I have done it? It well, no, because I probably would have passed out from pain. But mm. assuming that I wouldn't, if I was Rambo, <laughs> could I have done it? I had the skill because I can sew a hole in a pair of socks. I can. I can sew up a hole in my leg. Mm -hmm. So why didn't I do it? I'm human. I'm just as smart. I have sure. the tools right in front of me. Why didn't I do it? Mm. Because that guy is, number one, mm. I don't want to do that myself, but no, number two, he's trained in that area. Mm. Uh, I'll use a spiritual word in this sense, idea. He's anointed in that area. Absolutely. So no matter what I can do in that area, he could do better. Exactly. He has answers even to questions i'm not asking so sure. to speak now there's going to be it's like if i was to sit down with Derek prince and we were talking about certain things there would be certain things that i would probably be able to teach him some things on sure i mean and and it, it's, it doesn't sound arrogant at all but uh, i mean as time progressed we've we've listened to what he's said and mm -hmm. we've also listened to what somebody else has said and we've right. also listened to what holy spirit has been showing us exactly and you know revelation has got a way of of unrolling itself mm -hmm. it's, it's not new it is just right. the scroll is being rolled open some more yeah and uh, so that that is very fascinating I'm, I'm thinking of that that portion of you know that sometimes they say oh i don't need anybody to teach me and it's kind of like the whole church unchurched uh body of christ out there that that goes around and say well i don't need a church because i'm the church and another great man 
we just spoke about him of, of Bethel Bull uh, Johnson. Yeah, I Johnson. mean, he, he, he said that that revelation of I am the church is so, let me use your words, phenomenal. Phenomenal. That if you cling to that, you will still be deceived. Right. Because it is such a truth, but it's only half a truth. Right. And, and that is why we do need one another. That is why we do need the body. That's why we do need the giftings. That's why we do need the apostles and the prophets and the teachers. Because if, if the enemy cannot stop you, he has to right. deceive you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You're right. If he can't stop you, it, like in your tracks, mm -hmm. he'll deceive you exactly. so you get off course. You know, it's funny, we talk about this, and, and again, going back to s some of the things that I've heard people say, I don't need a teacher, I don't need, because there's people I've encouraged, oh, you know, you need to come to church, or you go find a church, I don't need that. Uh, 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 I'm Just to hit that back, because when we travel together, ladies and gentlemen, so Rihanna and I do a lot of traveling today, and I remember we were going to some other country, and we were going to do some leadership training. Yep. <clears throat> And we hadn't done this before, and I don't think we've done this prior, no. or tried, I should say. But we tried to, okay, what do you plan on teaching so that I can, you know, we were going to work it out to where our subjects and our outlines and everything really mesh together and flow almost, almost like getting a book. He teaches chapter one, I teach chapter two, or he teaches chapter exactly. three, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And so we kind of tried that. It just didn't really work out. Not that... Uh, I mean, it flowed, but it wasn't as great. Yeah. And, but every time we just show up, because he's coming from South Africa, I'm coming from America, so we typically have to meet somewhere, either in the country we're going to or, or meet uh, somewhere. And we, and we don't really, okay, what are you preaching? What are you teaching? Yeah. What does your sermon look like? Yeah. We, he just gets up there and preach, and then I get up there and preach, or yeah. vice versa. And almost always, it's as if we did the, you do chapter one, and I'll do chapter two, exactly. and I'll do chapter three, because Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. I just wanted right. to say, because we were spirit-led. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, what's unique in that, mm -hmm. every time he teaches, ladies and gentlemen, even if it's a subject that I'm teaching on, because mm -hmm. we do have at least, we're going to come and teach leadership. Okay, well, he has what he wants to teach, and I have what I feel is important to teach, and we just do it. Every time he teaches on something, there's something in that message. You know, the whole message is good, of course, but there's something in that message that triggers and sparks something in mm -hmm. me that makes me uh, uh, run with it. And um, as a matter of fact, the book I wrote, yeah. at least part and parcel, mm -hmm. all came from a sermon that he said. Not the whole sermon. There was something in that sermon exactly. that he said that, 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 that Rion uh, said it sparked something mm -hmm. in me. And I, I remember jotting it down. I, I have to admit to you. Actually, I was researching it and studying it out and started creating a basic outline as yeah. you were preaching. Fantastic. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I knew I couldn't forget it. Yeah. But my point is, it, that was the seed that birthed yeah. that entire book. And, 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 and vice versa. I mean, I, I, we, we, we spoke the other one day, I couldn't remember where, and, and I was speaking kind of like just spitballing my kind of like the revelation I'm chewing about. Why did John the Baptist lose his head? Why? Right. Why? Why? Because, I mean, if he's the Elijah, mm -hmm. you can't kill Elijah. So, so why? And, and I was just spitting out a couple of things to you. And I could see there's a little spark in you. And you spoke about it. And you gave me all four 
scriptures that I needed mm. to understand. And, uh, and as I am at this moment, I'm busy finishing that book, hopefully within this next year. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, and the title is Who Are You? And it's all yeah. about the understanding of John the Baptist and how all these things fit together. And again, I mean, I had a spark, but you kind of like, you gave me like the outline of how does it all fit together? How, how, where's the beginning? Where's the end of that story? Because I had all these loose tie, all these ends, and you just gave it a knot and tied it together. And it's like, there it is. Hallelujah. It's amazing how those types of things work because, again, I, I couldn't tell you, I, and I really couldn't tell you how many times that's happened when we are together and I'm hearing you preach because it's, uh, I couldn't put a number on it, but I could tell you it's almost, if not every time, almost every time we're, especially if we're out ministering somewhere, yeah. there's a unique anointing and a unique God. flow Praise that God. something triggers in me. And again, one of the... It's frustrating, but it's not one of those frustrating things that, like, mm-hmm. uh, angers me. It's sure. just it's a cool frustration. Once I get a serious revelation that just sparks something in my spirit, mm. I don't hear anything else. Exactly. Yeah, because it just starts burning in me, and I'm like, <laughs> sure. you know, and I'm over there. Going, oh, look, he's really taking notes. Well, I am, but it's, it's something that you said, yeah. but not everything. It's, it's exactly. Like, you know, and, and that's... One reason, like we talk about getting on a, on a, and don't anybody use this as an excuse not to read through the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to lie to you, it's difficult for one reason. Because I'll be you reading. get that spark of genius yes. right there and you, you just get consumed. Yeah. Mm. So if that's you, ladies and gentlemen, don't stop reading through the Bible. What you do is you keep a little tablet exactly. or even a recording device next exactly. to you, something that you can jot down mm-hmm. a note or two. Sure. And uh, or speak it into a little recording device. All of our phones, you can get an app, and boom, you can put a little, you know, Genesis one one. In the beginning was the word. That's profound. I have to study this. That's sometimes all it takes exactly. to re-trigger it later. Exactly. And I've been learning to do that, and then just go on reading. You know, um, I just wish I could do that on the fly when I'm hearing you preach. <laughs> but yeah, but God works point. that way. And the point that at least I'm trying to make on this, ladies and gentlemen, is. You, you have to you have to put yourself in a place, you know, such as reading the word. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself in a place for mm-hmm. God to start speaking and triggering yeah. beyond what you're just reading at, off exactly. the page. And, and I want to tie a little bit back to our previous conversation we had about fathers and and, and bring fathership back to the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, that same John says that in in the kingdom in the church. There are children, their sons, and their fathers. And children requ- requires the milk of the word. Mm-hmm. And we as, call it then, spiritual fathers, we need to give the people milk. So uh, as long as you're a newborn Christian, you need the milk of the word. You right. need to get right, to right. that place. And you're going to need that, that care. You're going to need that place where somebody can feed you and and this is not now a license to just run around and leave a church whenever you want to but find a healthy spiritual father yeah um i i and 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 that's why when we started out the session i I wanted to make it a a point to let people know where this spot is here in california lancaster because 
again, you know, I've had the privilege of preaching in many a church in California, many a church in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've taken me to some places where, hey, <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want an exciting time at a church. <laughs> take, take, take your African brother to an African church or a Hispanic church and, and let him just rip him a new one. Yeah, uh, wind, wind him up, let him go and keep the car running. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> coming back to what I wanted to say is, you know, as far as fathership, you know, find a healthy place. And I consider this church here, Greater Works, a healthy fathership church yeah, where you can be, be raised up in the things of the Lord and be trained in the things of the Lord. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. you know, there's this one arm that there is there should be a form of discipline and Guess what? I mean, adults are also like children. We don't like to be disciplined. We right. don't like to be, especially if you're Afrikaner, you don't like to be told what to do. Right. Uh, you want to do your own thing. I must be Afrikaner. You are, definitely. <laughs> it's that, that old European routineness, I guess. Yeah. Um, but at some point along the way, we need to be told what to do. Yeah. Because the world is telling us what to do. Yeah. And, uh, and as as far as fathership you know you, you got to be that example you know you don't don't just preach it live it mm. and I, and i think you guys are quite well balanced when it comes to not just teaching the word but living the word i mean i've observed you in places that i can't mention simply because of you know persecuted areas yeah 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 and being in there and not just observe your your language and the things you speak of, but the way you live it. Um, and and I, and I didn't mean to go this route. I just have to get it off my chest because I've also seen the other side of people that call themselves spiritual fathers, and they are enforcing everybody to call him them, you know, whatever title. Right. And right, he right. walks around and calls everybody son, my son, my son. But it is. I don't know how to word it without sounding strange in in my in what I want to say, but it's almost like cult like. Yeah. You know, if you don't bow, bow bow down to to every word he's saying, then you're a, you're a legitimate child. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. you know that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Right. Uh, there was uh, sorry. Uh, there was this big thing that I've seen stateside called these armor bearers. Oh, yeah. Now I'm all for honoring somebody that are in the office i'm all for you know you can carry my briefcase that is fine but if, if i start demanding that, right right uh, i don't know if you're so anointed anymore yeah because we, we clearly read in the scriptures and this is the funny thing the armor bearer ladies and gentlemen biblically because some of you may come from a church that the culture of that church you have the pastor or some of the leadership has this Position somebody next to them called the armor bearer. Make sure that they have their coffee or their tea, and they and the, and carrying their books and getting the lint roller out. Okay, that's yeah, and, I'm, and I'm not opposed to those things. No, I'm not either. But mm-hmm. let's put this into proper biblical perspective. perspective. That's not an armor bearer. No, an armor bearer is just what the name says. Yeah, they carried the armor and even the weaponry of either the king or some 
warrior, the, the main warriors or warriors on the battlefield. Exactly. So uh, let's paint this picture, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be in this scenario, uh, Rian's armor bearer. Mm -hmm. he's, he's the expert. He's mm -hmm. got, so we go out on the battlefield and he, he looks at the battlefield yeah. and he's the expert. He assesses it. He exactly. might ask my opinion, but he's exactly. the expert. Exactly. Okay, they're 100 feet away, 150 feet away, the enemy. Yeah. And they're coming at a slow walk. Mm -hmm. He knows it's not ready to take the sword. Mm -hmm. I have most of his weaponry. Maybe he has something on him, but I'm carrying the weapons and the armor. Sure. So he knows he's, he needs either the bow and arrow sure. or a spear. Exactly. Okay. I'm carrying them. Mm -hmm. I'm his armor bearer. Exactly. It's a warrior position yeah. on the battlefield, not a lint roller position at the front of the church. Mm -hmm. There's no warfare carrying somebody's Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, biblical person, well, then you said you're for it. Then what is it? That's the person with the gift of helps. Sure. That doesn't necessarily, it can be on the battlefield, mm -hmm. but it's a gift of help. Sure. What's that? Somebody who's gifted and just love mm -hmm. to help. Exactly. They find joy in making sure the pastor, or anybody in the congregation mm -hmm. for that matter, has the coffee, is comfortable, sure. is, oh, you got a little dust on, on, your, on your back. Let me get it off with the lint roller, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Let me drive you to the store. Let me, let me pick you up for mm -hmm. church. They will do that for anybody. Sure. But it's, it's this manipulative kind of thing, controlling exactly. kind of thing, strange kind of thing when uh, even deceptive in a lot of ways. Here's my armor bearer. Like, you're not even in battle. Exactly. I mean, it's like in golf, you've got a caddy. Yeah, and I mean, exactly. And I mean, he's, he's, he's helping you get to the place mm -hmm. so that you can be the best you can be. Right. Uh, a, a healthy balance to that would be this whole double portion thing of the Elijah and the Elisha. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I am for that. I'm not opposed to that. I'm right. definitely for it. I've, I've seen it work. <clears throat> yeah. I've seen... And, 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 and one of the modern day versions is kind of like Benny Hinn with Catherine Kuhlman. Right. Uh, yeah. But the truth of the matter, if you really study his story, he wasn't an a armor bearer. He, no. he, he, I mean, they say he, he carried a briefcase. He only did it once or twice. Right. He didn't do it for 50 years going on. Right. End. right, right. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was in the choir. Yeah. 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 You know, um, and we have to put some of these things in perspective. Right. Should there be, if you're an emerging servant, emerging prophet, emerging pastor, associate pastor, should there be that role of honor and, and glorifying and helping the pastor, your pastor, your senior pastor, your spiritual father, whatever you want right. to call it, be the best that it can be? Absolutely. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Yes. Because here is the other truth of it. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. Right. So if you're a trouble to, trouble to your pastor, you're going to have trouble when you're a pastor. Right. Oh, yeah. If, if you're a help to your pastor, you're going to get help when you're a pastor. So, right. Uh, and, and we got to put that in, in a healthy perspective as well. Yeah. Where I saw this really come to light, <laughs> uh, one of the churches my wife and I were at, uh, when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, I was not a church hopper. I mean, w my wife and I, in the last 35 years, have been a part of, let's see, one, two, three, five churches 
one of those, really four churches, because the one I'm thinking of, it was a very short stint, because we even when we go on vacation, we find a church to go to. Sure. And so we were a very short stint in, in a particular tr- uh, church when we were in a major transition. When mm-hmm. we very first moved up to this region, sure. we, we moved up here. Um, that's a whole other story in itself. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a home church. Mm-hmm. But across from our apartment complex, there was this tiny little church. Sure. And I heard them on a, a, a Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. I heard them from my kitchen window. I said, I'm going to go check out that church. Because we, we were in the process of, and we were only up here two weeks before we said, this is our church. As long as we're here, this is our church. Okay, sure. So, But we were only there like a year, year and a half, I think. So when I say that, I mean five, five churches in 35 years. Sure. You know, and then, of, of course, this one being the fifth. Mm-hmm. So really, there was only three other churches. When I say we were at this church or we were part of this church, I say it on purpose like that so nobody can figure out which church I'm talking about. You. Not like every other weekend we're at a different church, you no, know, calling no. it home. No. So, anyways, um, um, we we I was asked one time from our pastor at the church we were associate pastors at. He says, "I want you." to be a type of armor bearer for me. I said, well, what does that mean? He said, I, I want you to meet me, because he had a driver that would drive him to the church. Mm-hmm. You know, that's neither here nor there, because the, actually the guy that drove him, it was, he truly had the gift of helps. Mm. And he just did it from his heart. He did, he did it for me, he did it for other people. It wasn't just like he was trying to elbow up to the pastor. Sure. So, um, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, I, I can meet you out there and I can walk in with you, whatever, whatever, you know. But one Sunday, I think it was probably the very next Sunday, I had a, a mentor of mine, spiritual prophetic mentor. He was a little older. Mm-hmm. And so we pull up in our car, in our beat up minivan with all of our kids. <laughs> and we pull up and I noticed three guys uh, standing uh, under a shade tree waiting for the pastor to show up. Sure. Because those were his quote-unquote armor bearers. I get you. Right? And he wanted me to be part of that group, the fourth. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I noticed them, and I didn't think too much of it, but there was three of them. Okay. I mean, there's plenty of help already. All, plenty of help, so he didn't need an extra one. I get you. So then, as I'm standing there getting our kids out of the car, Car pulls up. It happens to be this gentleman that uh, I considered like a, a spiritual father in the prophetic for me sure. at that time. He's a little older, mm-hmm. and and the lady he was with, mm-hmm. they were at the time they were um, uh, soon to be married, and they're both again on the old, when I say older, they weren't ancient. They were just older, older than okay. what you were, older than me, and he, and and even older than all the guys that were waiting for the pastor, and older than the pastor. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I point this out to make to make this point, so we all get out of the car. I say hello to them and everything like that, and they, you know, uh, now are walking hand in hand across the parking lot, which was a very small parking lot, so it wasn't a long walk, but across the driveway. And um, those three guys didn't even acknowledge them. They knew him because he was part of the church, and he was probably what we might call the house prophet. And everybody, I thought, respected him in the position that he had. He was a family friend of mine. Mm. And one of those guys was a family member, again, that had known him for many years, even before us all going to the same church. Didn't even acknowledge him. Mm. And that caught my attention. Sure. You know, because here's my wife. Now, my wife, 
she has a baby carrier under one arm yeah holding the hand of of our next child that was about two yeah i have the well the oldest one he's fine himself and i'm making and the and the other one was super rambunctious so i was at his hand Mm -hmm. probably fighting with him plus my bag and her purse Mm -hmm. they never even acknowledged us or came to help us Mm. so before we can even get out of the parking lot into the church the pastor's car rolled up yeah. Now, remember, he has a driver. Yeah. This guy was phenomenal, so I'm not putting him down. Yeah. And three, quote-unquote, armor bearers waiting for him. Mm. Suddenly, they all jumped to attention. Sure. Oh, and our pastor at the time was a bodybuilder. He was real strong, real mm. big guy. <laughs> one carried his, uh, he would bring like one of those protein shakes in a shaker bottle and yeah. drink that instead of coffee. One carried that, and he had to shake it as he's walking, of course. Oh, wow, obviously. The next one grabbed... Uh, the briefcase. Mm-hmm. The next one grabbed his coat. Mm-hmm. And then the other one walked in front, leading the whole pack. Mm. They walked in, walked through the door and up to the front of the church. We're still trying to get our kids car seats, diaper bags, mm. formula, our own briefcases and, and purses and Bibles and kids. Mm. Nobody helped us. It took a total of four to get a bodybuilder into the church. They didn't help the elderly couple that just got out of the car that's supposed to be a key component of that church. Mm. Didn't even um, acknowledge them. Mm. I have a real problem with that whole concept of, quote-unquote, armor bearer. Yeah. Because, like I said, the guy that drove him, super, he was a great guy. He would help anybody at any time. He and I, as a matter of fact, he lived with us for a short time. He was a cook in the arm, and he started cooking for us. I gained 50 pounds in like three weeks. <laughs> it was just, it was in his nature to give. So I don't fault him at all. The other sure. guys, they had none of that. What yeah. they had was, they weren't armor bearers. They were butt kissers. Sure. I mean, I hate to say it and be crude, but ladies and gentlemen, most of what we call, they're either those people that are just kissing up to the pastor, sure. or the pastor has demanded that they get there. Exactly. And puts the manipulation on them, like, if you don't do this, yeah, you know. Yeah, you see, again, we're going to have to acknowledge the the state of the church in, in that realm yeah. because both, in a sense, are needed because if you look at the where is the next generation coming, where, where, where is the right. changing of the guard, right. where is the sons in the house <clears throat> when the father's going to go, where, right. where, where is that aspect? The other aspect is, you know, uh, there is so much abuse of power yes and um you know unless the 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 so-called guy in charge can get all the intention if he doesn't get all the attention then there's no attention to be given right right. um if if nobody helps him like you just said if nobody helps that guy then you know what's the point why why have those things in place if it is not to help everybody to help the body right right especially because what i tell the guys around here Mm. And, and, and this is a serious conversation that I've had because early on um, I had some guys, hey, you know, we can meet you at your car and help get your stuff and everything. I said, no, don't do that for me. Yeah, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I can pick up my own briefcase and sure. my own Bible. And, and we don't have little kids anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be waiting. When it's hot, mm-hmm. I want you to be waiting with an umbrella. Go find somebody that's struggling, the elderly or something. Get, a, get some shade over them. Exactly. If it's raining, same thing. Keep them out of the rain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you know our, our building that we just came from. Sure. You know, it, it, there wasn't a lot of what I would say prime parking. Yeah. But we, I did my best to keep those 
those parking spots by the door mm -hmm. for those you know moms with little ones exactly you know the the elderly especially because i want our elders mm -hmm. and i say this in an honoring way sure. to be honored sure i don't want them to park on the other side in the dirt and have to walk all the exactly. way around when there's a, a spot right by the door yeah. i'll walk in the dirt exactly you know touching uh, on, on on the subject of honor i'm i'm thinking of just before I came to the States, we had communion, mm -hmm. and there is the portion of Scripture where Jesus sat and he washed the feet of his disciples. Yeah. And I felt that we need to honor those who are worthy of honor, and which means everybody. Right. But, I mean, in a church setting, you can't watch everybody's feet. It will take you two and a half hours, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then it's done. And what I did, I just called out two groups of people, those who are married, because the Bible does say, those who are married, honor them above, right. honor the marriage. Mm -hmm. And then we call those who are elderly, meaning those who fit the type of role of bishop, right. which means they are worthy of honor and respect. And right. we call them to the front. We wash their feet. Some people came over, wanted to wash my feet. I let them wash my feet. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Right. But honor is such an important thing. But yeah. When you start walking around and you start demanding that honor, like, you know, then it reminds me of like Haman and Mordecai. You know, it reminds yeah. me of that thing like I, I, I am about to be honored. And if you don't bow down to me, I'm going to set a noose for you and it's right. going to be the end of you. Yeah. Uh, that never works out right. well. Right. Yeah. And that whole thing, again, now we started, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the importance of getting in the word. Exactly. And believe it or not, we're still on it. Exactly. Because all of these things that we just discussed are in the word. Exactly. And say, well, then why is it, you're saying that it's kind of perverted in a lot of churches. Why? Because not enough believers understand exactly what the word says. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, whether they do it dishonestly or honestly, sometimes it's honest mistakes, there are many in the body of Christ that will twist things for their own good. Yep. I'm not even going to say that if your pastor, if your church has those types of, you know, quote unquote armor bearers, I'm not saying your pastor did this intentionally twisting the word, but it is a twisting of the word. Sure. And because the armor bearer was somebody that, you know, for instance, if, if I know there's something going on and I have to get into some spiritual warfare in or on behalf of the church, sure. over the church, in the church, whatever. Exactly. I do want armor bearers Definitely. in that that can help me Definitely. get onto the spiritual battlefield and win the battle. Exactly. People who, yes, they know how to pray as well. Exactly. But somebody also has a clear vision of the battle and what I need to do as a warrior to sure. win that battle. Mm -hmm. And that could be even like, okay, guys, you know, uh, we're not, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, but assume that we hit a uh, financial crunch in the church. And I'm praying, God, what do we do? I might pull my, you know, we might call them elders, my board, sure. my other pastors. But in a sense, they're armor bearers because they can help see exactly. the financial battlefield exactly. and help me navigate the financial battlefield. Sure. That's where the quote-unquote armor bearer concept mm -hmm. comes in. Not the guy that carries the book. Sure. Not the guy that carries the protein shake and sure. makes sure it's shaken and not stirred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. by the time they get to the front of the church. Mm -hmm. That's the gift of helps. Sure. And if we understand these things from the Word of God, we can properly place people where they belong exactly. and flourish. Exactly. You know, that's that other portion of Scripture I'm thinking about where it says that they have lost connection with the head. Yeah. Meaning it's, it's, it's something that's part of the body, but it's not functioning under the authority 
of God himself. Now they go around pretending like right. they are the authority of God. Right, right, right. But at the end of the day, that type of thing you're speaking about, it does not bring honor to the Lord. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, it's not honoring to God. Yeah. Because the Bible, again, the Bible, mm -hmm. coming back to what does the Bible actually say? Yeah. The Bible says, and Jesus himself said this, that that um, uh, he came, he sure. came, Jesus, the Son of God, the one that walked on water, raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons, opened blind eyes, uh, uh, went to the cross, ascended, and now is at the right hand of the Father. He said, mm -hmm. I didn't come to be served. Yeah. I came to serve. Yeah. So let's get back to that concept of sure. armor bearer. Jesus would have been the armor bearer. Sure. And yet, in in most of the churches that have that kind of position, sure, it's the exact opposite. Sure, that they the armor bearer serves the pastor. Well, mm -hmm. in Jesus, he is the good shepherd. He is the, mm -hmm. the the great apostle. He is the prophet, and he served definitely. And I think we we, we need to explain what does that serve also mean because. That does not mean that everybody just sits and watch the pastor open the doors and put exactly. up the sound and greet, grab everybody by the door and bring them in and bring them by. I mean, that's just making a slave out of you. Right, right, right. Uh, that, that's not the idea of now right. the pastor serves. Right. Uh, the, 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 the reason why we do what we do, even what we're doing now, uh, our service that we're doing is to create a platform and a space and a place that we corporately and individually can come closer to the Lord. Right, right, exactly, and 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 that's the thing. Oh, man, I wish we we probably could go two, three, four episodes just talking about this kind of nonsense. But um, the service aspect, sure, uh, yeah, the 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 quote unquote leader. You say, well, how can the leader be a servant at the same time? Well, the leader should be the greatest servant. Sure. Now, he or she may serve in different ways than others exactly. you know like around here you you know we have our own soup yeah the, the, uh, maybe i shouldn't have mentioned her name because now everybody's gonna call and say i need soup <laughs> <laughs> but she is when it comes to um hosting across the whole board yeah the cooking um the serving the yeah. place settings the yeah. all of that she you know on a scale of one to ten she's at a 12 a 15 exactly. yeah I don't have those skills. No, I don't. You know, um, and so am I willing to do it? If that's what it comes down to, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, I've done it before. Exactly. We, we had to do it, and we'll do it if we need to. Right. But just like Sue doesn't get in the pulpit, hey, if she ever told me, I got a message, I'd probably sit back and let her preach. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but just because that's the way I am. But, but um, my point is, she doesn't do that because she thrives and flourishes in her gift. Absolutely. It's never demand. I don't demand. If we have something out, I ask her, mm. are you available to do X, Y, Z? And usually she's overwhelmed with joy. Yes, I do. And she just lights up. Mm -hmm. But if she ever said no, and, and there's been some times because of uh, scheduling things, I can't because of, okay. Sure. But we don't have to do it. I was driving one time down the street. This goes back about five years ago. Driving down the street, and I saw a guy walking. He had a his like a two-year-old son in his arm, mm -hmm. and his four or five-year-old son, his other son, in, by hand walking down the street. And I thought, what are they doing all the way out here? So I pulled over real quick. He didn't go to my church. Mm -hmm. Somebody that went to another church that I had met through other church functions. Okay. And so I, I said, hey, you know, what are you doing out here? He goes, oh, I'm going to church. 
And I, I, I'm like racing to my brain, like, where's your church at? Like, I've been there, but I, I, I wasn't making the connection because of where he was walking. Yep. And he goes, oh, it's over here. And I go, that's like another half a mile down the road. Mm-hmm. I said, where's your car? He goes, oh, my car's been broke down. I'm just walking to church. Where are you coming from? And he, oh, I live near, and he gave the cross streets. I said, that's like a mile and a half. You're walking two miles to church? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like flustered. I don't know what's going on. He's got a baby in one arm, and... You know, it wasn't quite a toddler, toddler, a little older than toddler, but still a young boy, sure. four or five years old, about five years old. Mm-hmm. And you're walking two miles with these children? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, the diaper bag and everything else. I get you. He says, yeah. I said, I, I, now I'm, I'm kind of flooded. Well, get in. I'll drive you. So he jumped in, and I started driving him. And I says, um, wasn't there anybody that could pick you up? He says, well, I, I uh, know because I called my pastor uh, later this afternoon, and I told him, I wouldn't be there because my cars broke down. And my pastor told me I had to be there because I'm his armor bearer. Wow. You better be there. Even, and he said, even if you have to walk, you get here. Mm. You're my armor bearer. Mm. And he says it was too late. I called a few people and no answer here. This group, this person wasn't going. And I just had to get going to get there on time. I said, wait a minute. Your cars broke down. You don't have any transportation at this moment. Mm-hmm. And your pastor still demanded that mm-hmm. you and your two small children mm-hmm. get to church even if you have to walk. Mm-hmm. I don't say this directly to people too many. I'll say it in a general sense, mm-hmm. but you need to leave that church. Sure. I said, you need to leave that church. And I knew the guy. Mm-hmm. I knew the guy. I considered him at the time a friend. Mm-hmm. I, I consider him as an acquaintance because I don't, I can't mm-hmm. connect with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as a prop for him. I mean, I, I salute him for his yeah. his devotion unto the Lord and exactly. his desire to serve God. Right, right. And 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 that's kind of like the catch. That's where they catch you because you want to serve God, and you know, it's 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 like what yep. <laughs> it's like what Kenneth Hagin said years ago. He said when he started out of the ministry that you know they were poor, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was this generic prayer like, Lord, if you keep them humble, we will keep them poor. Right, right, right. You know, and it's almost like that form of manipulation that, you know, if unless you do this, you are a sinner and right. you're no longer a, a child of God and you disqualify yourselves. And, and they take this whole thing of, of apprenticeship totally out of control and out of right. work. So, right, right, um, Is there a place for... Um, going the extra mile is their place for almost absolutely but there is also a thing of of do you care for those who are under you yeah and and that's the thing i you know it's it's just i know it may sound strange but i think anybody that has been in you know on a job and really wants to excel or or something that understands this there's times that i even expect not demand Mm -hmm. expect people around me to go the extra mile exactly Every leader should. Right. Because for their own good, not for mine necessarily, exactly. you know. Um, but, like, like, we just made this major move. Mm. And, we, you know, we, we moved everything. I never once, for a moment, mm. expected, like, the single mother or the single father with two or three little kids or one child to be here mm-hmm. moving chairs, moving equipment, driving trucks, sure. and take care of their own child 
you know, just because, hey, you, you know, you're my armor barrier, you belong to the church, and this is your, you have to do this. Sure. It's like, no, no, come on, give me a break. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I expect the 110% from those moments out of the people that have the, those, the, the ability sure. to give that 110%. Exactly. And I tell people all the time, the last thing I want anybody to do mm. is burn out. Sure. As a matter of fact, a couple of Sundays ago, the Sunday, you showed up, when did you come? You come Monday. Yeah. So that, no, the Sunday before. Mm. So was that almost a week weeks. and a half ago? Two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. So anyways, two weeks ago after the service, we had a um, church workers meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, really a department heads meeting. And I had all the department heads give me a list. As a matter of fact, I could show you it's still on the whiteboard. I, I saw this morning we were in there. Mm -hmm. Of all the people that work in their department. Mm -hmm. And I put it up on the, on the uh, whiteboard. So under every ministry, I have the head and then all the people that work. And then the next one, the head and all the people that work. And then I went and took a red pen and I circled all the people that was doubled up. Yeah. Okay. And then I told everybody, I says, here's what I want. I, number one, I never want anybody. I want our ministries departments to flourish and to move along sure i want it to get to the point where we can put people on rotation so nobody is always doing the work and they exactly. get burnt out um but i also don't want i said i want us all to work to just getting in our lane sure so if somebody over here say works with the in the nursery worker but then over here they're working something other another position and they're on rotations for both mm-hmm then that's just a, a, a recipe for burnout. Exactly. I said, I never want to burn people out. Sure. So all the people in these red boxes, let's focus on them first, mm -hmm. talk to them, and do our best. I said, I know it's not all going to happen overnight, but let's do our best to get them into the positions, a singular department. Exactly. You know, and if we, if we are not there fully yet, mm -hmm. where we don't have enough people to cover them if they leave, sure. let's work towards that. I get you. Okay, and so that's the heart that I have coming out. Now, when they're on the, say, let's say they're on the rotation where they're going to be in the nursery just one time a month. Mm. That good. one time, I want 110% out of them. Exactly. You know, I, I expect that. I don't demand it because it should come from their sure. heart. Sure. But if it's only one time a month, you can give a little extra oomph. You see, and, and I think that kind of like blends perfectly well with your opening scripture that you know if that is your talent for the day yeah. and god gave you that responsibility then at yes. that moment multiply do right. the best be the best come prepared right. you know show show the best you can be unto the lord i mean yeah. it is that one moment so take that 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 minus that that talent multiply it, work right. with the kids sow into their lives give your very best and you know give glory to right. god and in that situation that means okay they might even leave that service exhausted because they did give 110 percent. exactly but for the next three services they get to come in and 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 receive exactly yeah you know and and it, it it's it totally balances itself out but i see you know some that it's the demand mm. to perform at that 110 mm. sometimes even more sure. percent every moment you see, and that, that brings us back to the whole topic of, of getting a biblical worldview of, yes. of getting into the Bible and understanding a biblical worldview of mentorship, fellowship, right. being in a place where when the Lord does demand it, it is mm -hmm. 110 and you give you all. And, but 
if it is 110, 365, uh, 40 days uh, uh, of a month and, yeah. and three years in one year right. and you're at burnout mode and you're being whipped because you are not a good son, right. Uh, right. then I think we need to revisit that theology. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we got some really great people in the church that started attending just recently that came uh, from other churches that had that heavy demand on them. And honestly, some of them came in pretty, uh, what's the word, skittish? Sure. You know, like, hey, we're going to have a, a work day, you know, and we, uh, and it, you can almost see that. Sure. You know, uh, almost PTSD kind mm-hmm. of reaction, like, ah, oh, you know. Sure. And, I, and I, when I realized what was going on, I wouldn't put any pressure on them. Exactly. You know, when you guys are ready, you can come. Exactly. I, and, I, and I think, you know, that's where we need a bit of spirit guidance as well, because, you know, my generic thing of when people come from another church, come in. You know, just come and observe. Right, right, right. And let's get you plugged in somewhere. Right. Do a little bit something, but l- let's not overwork you. Right. And right, let's right. discover what, what is that gifting, what is that That's thing that, that makes your juices flow. Right. And when we have it, you know, there is a world of platform out there yeah. that you can get oh, involved yeah. and, and just live yourself to yeah. the full. It's not about me. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I'm the head. I'm, I'm in charge of it. I'm, I'm responsible. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm going to stand before the Lord responsible. But at the same time, you know, if it's just about making me look good and I have to have all these armor bears around me so that I must be the mighty right. one, uh, that is a hero mentality. Uh, you have a very, right. very weak self-esteem if that is you. Yeah. So we we got to have that biblical worldview yes they are leaders yes we need to respect our leaders yes we have to serve our leaders but at the same time that leader must be able to turn around and say let us enhance those who are with us exactly and even be sharp enough to see hey uh this guy that's been serving me for a long time i'm starting to see that he's getting a little uh burned out a little bit tired a little bit yeah okay hey yeah and here's yeah bench him but don't let him feel rejected yeah just, not, just yeah just sit a while not out of punishment but no. hey I, take I, a breather i want you to take a break exactly i want you to take a break and just chill for a little while you know maybe take a take this month off to show up to church just 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 enjoy receive get mm-hmm. filled um i don't want to see you running around helping everybody i know that's your nature but just just relax exactly and give him that time or um and, and this is, uh, you know, mo- I'm not going to say all churches, but most churches are at that place where financially they could say even, hey, I, I appreciate you so much. Even if it's just sending him away, him and his wife or wife and the husband for a couple of days. Sure. Go relax somewhere. Exactly. You know, just go relax somewhere here. We'll, 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 we'll get you a hotel room and pay for your meals. Just go, you know, and, and usually, at least at present prices, I can find i can help somebody out for less than about five hundred dollars for a few days just to go and reconnect with their spouse Mm -hmm. unwind and get refreshed and renewed outside of the church sure outside of the because you know how it is i'm that that guy the moment i see something needs to be done i'm working on it whether i'm exhausted or not i have to you know and like the other day that's that's called being responsible (laughs) yeah tuesday night you you were preaching, so I took on the the armor bearer mode in in this sense. <laughs> when we walked through the door right there, I noticed some leaves had blown into sure. the uh, entryway. Not a lot. There was you know a dozen leaves, mm-hmm. and um, 
I couldn't find the vacuum, so I just grabbed a broom and was sweeping them out. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and one of the uh, one of the members comes running. Oh, 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 I can do it. You know, but I can do that. I go, dude. It's like ten leaves. I can do this. Yeah. So for five minutes, I just swept out, swept off the walkway, so people wouldn't drag them in. It was no big deal. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean it. It was no big deal. Yeah. But I know some pastors that would never touch. Oh, it's beneath a broom. them. Yeah. Scrub a toilet, especially. I mean, I've scrubbed. I still do. Exactly. You know, you know what happens around here. I'm not saying all the time because we have some great guys now. Sure, but even still, at times, hey, the bathroom toilet is plugged up. Can you go fix it? I'm like going up to go preach. Mm. Yeah, go find me the plunger. I'll take care of it. You know, what? Exactly. I'm like about to go up there to preach, and a lot of people say, oh, "How dare they?" No, no, no. It's my church. It's their church. Yeah. It's our church. Amen. And if there's nobody else around that has the ability or the skill or the know-how to go plunge out a toilet, mm. it usually takes, what, 30 seconds? Exactly. A minute, maybe. If I have that minute to spare, I'll do it. If there's somebody else that I know could do it, another guy, you know, JoJo is sitting here on the corner. Mm. We don't have a JoJo, ladies and gentlemen. I made that up just so I wouldn't call anybody out. But JoJo's sitting over here on the end of a row doing nothing. I might say, Psst, Jojo, can you unplug this toilet? I got to go preach. Sure. But a lot of times I don't. My point on that, ladies and gentlemen, Mm. is, you know, again, back to the Word of God. Knowing the Word of God. Knowing the heart of God through His Word Mm. tells me that Jesus was not only a servant, but the greatest servant on so many levels. Do you know who washed feet in the Jewish home? The lowliest servant. Yeah. Do you know who washed feet uh, in Jesus' ministry? Jesus. Yeah, that's powerful. He made himself the lowliest servant of the most, uh, not just simple, but really it was kind of a gross task. You think about walking around those streets of Jerusalem mm-hmm. in sandals with yeah. donkey poop, camel exactly. poop, dog poop. And, and whatever else And whatever find. else was floating down the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. For him to take that place sure. and to wash all of that literally and i say this carefully ladies and gentlemen crap off their feet mm. and that was jesus the son of god powerful i want to backtrack a little bit to something you said at the beginning of the sentence and that is ownership hmm. yeah. and, and and for me that is what it's about within the body we need to take ownership we need to take as leader i take ownership of my people my people should take ownership of me and in the same way again back to the bible take ownership yeah. uh, I remember kind of like my BC days before Christ days that you know whatever I was passionate about I would have plenty of right and right. I, I was into certain style of music so I had plenty of that style of music right and when I got born again all of the sudden I started getting a Bible and then I got another Bible and then another Bible now I've got Bibles all over my house because I'm passionate about it and it's the same with our knowledge of the word we need to start getting take ownership of it and get passionate about it and and say listen this is my bible i'm going to read it i'm going right. to spend time with right. it yes. this is my church uh, i'm i'm going to take care of my church if i see those leaves regardless if i'm the pastor or a just a whatever you want to call yourself in the church this is my church i'm right. going to take care of it i'm going to have that ownership and i don't have to wait for somebody to do it fix it right I totally agree. Totally agree. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not that I'm trying to convince anybody that 
you know, oh, you call yourself the pastor, you better get out there every day. You better uh, um, steam clean the the uh, carpets and all the chairs and vacuum and build this and build that and clean this. I, no. I knew that pastor. Yeah. Uh, I knew a pastor, I met a, pa- met a pastor, I should say. It's not that we knew each other extremely well, but met sure. a pastor. And um, he left his church. He left the, He walked away from the ministry. Yeah. And he told his uh, board that he was going to resign. And they said, well, why are you going to resign? He says, well, I had a, an affair. Mm-hmm. And to everybody's, you know, what? Oh, my God, the, sh- the initial shock. He had an affair. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, who did you have an affair with? You. Wow. The church. He said, what are you, what are you talking about? He says, I do all the preaching. I do all the teaching. I'm even the worship leader. Yeah. I teach an adult Sunday school class. Yeah. During the week, I mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. I do all the gardening. Yeah. If something breaks, I fix it. If it needs to be painted, I paint it. I do all, pretty much almost everything in this church with very little help from you guys. Yeah. I'm not home with my family. Yeah. I'm not home with my wife. Yeah. I counsel you sometimes late into the evening when I should be with my family. Yeah. He says, I had an affair with you. Yeah. I put all of you above my family, and now my family is falling apart. My marriage has suffered. I'm resigning in the hopes that I can still save it. And when I heard that story, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I can clearly see the fault on his end as well. He sure. should have said, no, you guys, one of you guys either volunteer or kick up some money to hire somebody to mow those lawns. Mm-hmm. No, I am not painting it. Hire a painter or you guys come in on a Saturday and paint it. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that. We have work days. I come to help, but so does about 30 other people. Sure. You know, um, and when I need to leave to get ready for the next day, I just leave. And they stay and they finish the job. Yeah. Great, great combination. Uh, I almost did Trump. <laughs> I won't do it. Don't get me going, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, but that wasn't the case in this church. So, yes, he was equally at fault. But at least in that sense, he came to himself and he was admitting, yes, it's partially my you fault. See. But it's also your fault because you see when the grass needs to be mowed. Why didn't you come and mow you it? You see ownership. Right. You know, it's a mutual thing. Right. Get in there and, and take, take ownership of it. Yeah. You know, if, if everybody do their part, we will have a bigger, better, more healthier, wealthier place. Yeah. So now I learned from that. When somebody comes to me and says, hey, um, you know that room in there, the paint is fading. We should paint that. Yeah. Why don't you bring me a receipt and I'll reimburse you after you buy the paint and paint it. <laughs> you know, it's like, not to be mean, but it's, it's that statement that like, this is our church, not my church, not your church, it's our church. Mm. Don't come and tell me, expecting me to go paint the children's church mm. classroom when it needs to be painted. Sure. I mean, really, ultimately, the person you should tell is the children's church pastor. Absolutely. And it's on them. Yeah. And, but, but again, <clears throat> we just have to kind of like just say, don't make it all bright and pink and purple. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Within measure. Let's just right. say that within measure. <laughs> I have certain criteria on those things. Uh, I mean, I have a little bit more grace. In the air for, like for the little, little, little ones, sure. they like the bright reds and the yellows. That's cool. Mm. But not my office. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but, yeah, it's our ownership. And, and again... What we are doing, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to convey a message that all of these things, there will be problems and there will be troubles and there will be misunderstandings in all of these areas and more. These are just a few. But many, if you don't know the Word of God for yourself, 
if you don't understand the heart of God as it's conveyed through his word. Exactly. So if you're not reading it, now, again, most pastors are pretty cool on the up and up, doing the best job they can. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's some charlatans out there. Sure. If you're not reading your Bible so you don't fully know what's in it themselves, they can pull out certain scriptures, twist it, mm -hmm. and then use that to manipulate exactly. the congregation to do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about, what was his name, Jones, that uh, made everybody drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That and I've often wondered, how do you get people to drink Kool-Aid to the point that, you know, suicide? Yeah, those guys of the mountains playing with the rattlesnakes. And yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, if you don't know the Word of God in the context, and, and because you've read it and understand it on some level yourself, some charlatan mm. is going to come along and and twist it, pervert yeah. it to Absolutely. control you or cause you to do something that otherwise would be harmful. Exactly. I mean, here's the devil, Satan, speaking to the Son of God. Yes. The Word of God. The Word of God. Uh, and say, you know, throw yourself down because God is going to send the angels. Right. And you have to have the ability to respond yet again with the Word of God. Yeah, the, the untwisted, unadulterated exactly. Word of God. That's, that's what, yeah. and, and that's where we need to get. That's where the church needs to get. We need right. to unwind some of these twisted things. Get, get yeah. away from some of doctrines that, right. that the fruit thereof is meaningless. Right, exactly. Uh, and get away from things that we've been teaching and, 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 and trying to make our people live, but it just brought them to a place of bondage and they are worse off, not better off. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I looked at the time and I went, whoa, I'm having a good time here just chatting and talking. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to wrap this one up again. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll be back sure. uh, for at least 2, 3, 10, 20, 30 more. Uh, Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll be up to like 4 in the morning. But anyways, um, <clears throat> um, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this, is just, this is just a simple rule of thumb. This is not uh, do it exactly this way. Where do you start? The reality of it, you can start anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can start at Genesis 1-1 and sure. just go all the way through. Um, if you want a, uh, I just this jumped in my heart. I, I did this one year myself. If you want to do like, oh, I want to read like New Testament and Old Testament, you know, instead of just start at the old and go all the way through. Sure. You can read, and it breaks down to basically like this. Not exactly, but basically. Two... Um, for every two books in the Old Testament, you read one book in the New. Exactly. It does work that way. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You know, uh, within a, a couple of books. Sure. You know, that. So at the end, you're pretty much wrapping up the Old Testament as you're wrapping up the New Testament. So let's say you start at the beginning. You read Genesis, and then you read Exodus. Then you jump to the New Testament read Matthew. Exactly. Then you read the, the next two, the third and fourth mm. book about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And then yeah. you read Mark. Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy, and then what comes after Joshua. that? Joshua. Yeah. Then you read uh, Luke. You know, and, and so it, it's real simple when you get that flow. If you want to do old and new, kind of, yeah. you know, at the same time. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And and again, you know, if you if you really don't know anything, nothing, 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 just start with Jesus. Just yeah. read what he said. Start, and yeah. and if that starts making sense. I like to right. kind of like splice John, Acts, and Romans together. Right. That's a good, I mean, if you can understand those three, you've got most of the New Testament under yeah. the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and work it backwards and forwards. Right. Know?
and just go with it. Yeah, the, the point is there's no magic formula to reading through the Bible. Yeah, the magic one is the Holy Spirit. Right. And he will lead you, he will show you. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at times, you know, if you feel like you're getting st- stuck in a rut, just read. Just right. Keep, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah, what I did, what I did ladies and gentlemen, and, and honestly, if anybody emails me, I will send you a copy of this. Yeah. Uh, I, email me. You know, it's in the description. My email address. I will send a copy of this. But I put together a read through the Bible in a year list. And basically, what I did is I broke up every day into four chapters. Awesome. But when I do it, I don't necessarily just start at Genesis one one and just read through. I would just check off or highlight the passage, the four chapters that I read, and I would I would read through a whole book before I go to another book. Yeah. But one time I started in, uh, literally in Matthew. I started with Matthew, then I went to Mark, and then Luke. And then before I went to John, I went like to an Old Testament. Uh, sure. I think I went all the way back to Genesis, and then, <clears throat> and then Exodus. And th- those first five are usually pretty big books. And I wanted so a little mental reprieve. So I jumped somewhere in the New Testament that was shorter, read those four. And, I, and then I got through that book. And I was bouncing all over the place. Very good. Um, but I would just mark it off so I knew, hey, I already read through Matthew. I don't need to do the end. If I wanted to, I could. But could. I didn't need to to get yeah. through that program. And I just bounced around. Mm-hmm. And But the first year that I used that particular model, I just started at Genesis and read all the way through. Exactly. And there was times that I did it in about four months because uh, there are some things I just got into this flow and I just... Yeah. I love the Word of God, so exactly. I just get in the flow and I just was keep going, and I'd write down all those things that jumped out of me, exactly. So I wouldn't take off on oh, a rabbit trail. That's so good. That's so good. Um, that is so good. So it's very, 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 very doable, and yeah. it starts to make sense the more you read. Yeah. And every time I've been doing this for thirty-five plus years, and every time I read the Bible, I get something else out of it. Something exactly. else jumps out at exactly. me. Something else speaks to me. And I couldn't tell you how many times I said, wait a minute, I've read this passage a hundred times and I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Why is it like I'm reading this for the first time? Because that's just the way God it's does the way, it. It's the way God does it, you're right. Yeah. He gives you what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like putting money in the bank every time you read. You may not think about it after that, but suddenly, Holy Spirit pulls on it. Yep. And you're happy that you had it in your reserve. Praise God. Yeah. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rion, do you have anything else that you want to... No, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to see what the Lord brings next for us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to end with this. Mark 10.45 says, Even the Son of Man, that's speaking of Jesus, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. When you embrace that heart, you have absolutely everything. God bless you all. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy.